From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, I'm glad we're back for another episode. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and it's always uh, good to be here, Steve, as we talk about programming. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that you know has come up quite a bit is what what's the future for programmers and, and programming and and um, is custom programming something that's going to continue to be a thing within the AV industry? It's had a great run and it's been probably closing in on 30 years of, of uh, really strong demand for programmers, but there's been a lot of um, change in, uh, you know, whether it's configuration, which we've talked about in past episodes or um, le- less of a need to have those uh, what, what we refer to as bespoke systems. Um, so what we wanted to talk a little bit about today is where, where does this leave programmers? Because a lot of people have put a lot of time and effort and energy and, and really you know, hung their hat on this being a career. And depending on where you are, um, you, you need to kind of figure out what does the future look like? So we, we want to talk a little bit about what are the different career paths? Um, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in making yourself more of a specialist than a generalist. Even though you can do a lot of things, really try to focus on a couple of them so that you can really stick out, identify yourselves, and people will connect with you because of that. Um, James, what have you found or what, what are your thoughts actually about the future of programming and, you know, what, the, you know, how, how programmers should navigate their career path. So I, I'm thinking of this a little different than you, you would, uh, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, the being specialist is definitely a beneficial, but the way I look at it is a specialist who can be a generalist. And what I mean by that is someone who has the skills the mentality and the foresight to become specialists in not just one language. Um, I mean, I know we've mentioned this before, like COBOL, that was big um, out there for a lot of IT people, um, actually non-IT people too. That's what COBOL was for, for non-IT people. And it's a dead language. So if you only knew COBOL, you were out of a job when they got rid of the cobalt. Um, so yes, I agree being a specialist, but someone who go, okay, I'm a Python specialist today, but tomorrow I might be Ruby Rails. You got to be able to adjust to it. Yeah, flexibility. I, I totally agree with you there. And, I, and, I, and that, that's a really great point. Um, well, as I was saying that, I was thinking about the fact that it does go against the idea of being boxed in or painting yourself into a corner. Um, what I was thinking more of is saying that um, I have a focus maybe in education or I have a focus in um, certain types of projects or even uh, doing some type of backend code that others are, are not doing. Um, but uh, being able to do any type of project, are you really an expert at any one of them, I guess, is part of the uh, the challenge, but but great point there. And I, I, I totally respect that. 
Um, uh, I see where you're coming from. So not a being a specialist in a vertical, not a language. I, I think that is very key. That's a great point there is finding your niche. If you're a corporate 500 company or Fortune 500 company, and that's what you can do, you can bang out these awesome conference rooms and do these elaborate um, high-end boardrooms, make that your niche. If you can get into higher education, make that your niche. I, I agree. I, I think you are very on spot there. Thanks. I appreciate that. And, and, and you are as well. And I, um, you know, if we take that one step further too, um, one of the things that I've thought of, and, and in the past we had Patrick Murray on, and we, we've talked about different ways that programmers can evolve and, and pass uh, along their knowledge. Um, there are opportunities out there some are doing it, uh, you know, we, we do it in, in my company and, and there's many others that are doing it too, is, you know, writing utilities, writing uh, either the, some of the complex code that others will use and being able to resell that or, or provide that as a service so that you're, um, you're, you're able to, to really hone in on what you do best and others need that to be able to do their job better, but you're, but you're, not necessarily doing the job you're, you're doing the some of the behind the scenes work oh yeah the back end work is definitely uh, a good area to focus on and even the front end work you don't always have to be a full stack um you can work on the front end you can work on the back end those are two good areas to uh specialize in as well and and i think what, what you were saying too which we probably should elaborate on is is really understanding the clients you know, be, being able to, to, to feel like you're connecting with them. And, and you say this all the time, which I, I really value. It's one of the, my takeaways from this is your, your job is to serve the students and, and, and they're, they're your client and you need to make sure that their, their needs come first. And, and it's, it's not about AV or cool programming. It's about the education that people are paying for and, and these systems that we do serve that. Um, so, so being able to understand that well, uh, I think, think also helps, um, you know, you do that through, ar you know, arming the educators with the tools that they need, but it's really, you know, being able to say, I have an expertise in understanding this, this area. Oh yeah. I mean, as I just recently with this new job, I had a lot of meetings with stakeholders and my whole pitch to them and is they shouldn't have to think about the technology. It should just come in and they should just work for them. The front end, the heavy lifting is done by my team to make sure that everything is in place that when they come in to use the rooms, it just works. And that's how I've always approached things. Yes, we run into issues. We know that with technology, but that's what I aim for, um, it's like, you know, you shoot for the moons. If you don't make it, you're so long the stars. Absolutely. So I think I, you bring I, up a good point about, um, is there an opportunity for programmers to be looking at the uh, more of a consultant's role being, you know, specifying, defining um, what needs to happen because that, that is a lot of the challenge. Um, so, then they could be handing it off to others who are, who are writing the code and, and doing the implementation. 
I, I think you have a good point there. There is a good chance for that, not only of hanging it off over to somebody, but also making sure that the end user, uh, as you mentioned earlier about how I focus on the students, making sure the students' needs are being met, having that mindset where you are the voice of the, uh, your end user um, could be good because a lot of times these end users, they all come in the media and be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know anything. Just program it. You're the expert. Just program it. Make it work. You know, I want the lights to turn on, whatever. Someone who can take what they're saying or what they actually need and actually understand what's, what a program might be trying to throw in there and be like, yo, you know, you, you don't need to throw in the dishwasher and do the lighting controls, you know? Um so being that middleman, being that voice, I think would be a good field for some programmers, especially the senior leads, um, to get into more of a customer-facing role and being able to talk to them. Yeah, because there's an advantage to being able, being doing, having done this and then being able to talk to a client and think through what they're asking to know what's possible, what's not, guide them. And you know you can rely on your background and saying, "Hey, I've done this before. I may not be writing this code, but I could help to scope this out and write the blueprint for somebody else, so that you could have a successful outcome." There, you know, and as you said, being client-facing could could also be a, a big uh, growth steps for some. Oh yeah, and like we were talking about earlier, where you get into your niche, either a corporate or higher ed or you know, resi, whatever, and being that voice, like, for example, let's take me for example and say, okay, I write, I've done programming for higher education. I've been in higher education for over 14 years. Another university can reach out and go, hey, James, you know, we're going to hire this company to write programming for us. Can you just kind of look over the scope because we don't have an in-house program now i can be that voice because i have that knowledge and now that university didn't have to spend so much money to have an in-house programmer knowledge there they can leverage a colleague yeah it's kind of like being a client advocate yeah um well I think that's a good place for us to stop. Hopefully our, our audience uh, was able to, to get a couple of good tips there, but it is good for everyone to be thinking ahead and, and looking forward as to how they want to move their career forward. And if you have any ideas or if you have any roles or stories that you want to share of how you've evolved your career, please, uh, please pass them along. We'd like to hear them and we'd like to talk about them some more. Um, James, how can people get in touch with you and learn what you're up to? Um, as always, um, search me on the internet, uh, AB underscore James King on Twitter. Twitter. Find me Sunday mornings in AB and A and hashtag. Great conversations there. Writer for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, where I write the IT and AV, uh, IT and AV column. And anywhere else on the internet, you can find me. Excellent. And for me, you can find me at Steve Greenblatt on social media and Twitter and LinkedIn are probably the best bets. Um, you can read my writing on AV Network as well as on my company blog at controlconcepts.net. And um, we do want to hear from you. So please, uh, please keep the, the feedback coming. Uh, we, we'd love to be able to get this uh, podcast out to more people. We know that there is an audience out there and I'm sure that 
um, they can benefit from it. So if you'd be so kind, please share an episode or, or tell your friends and give us a rating or review. We would very much appreciate it. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. Mm-hmm.